listening to United and Resilient, a podcast designed to help heal and support the El Paso community. Hello, I'm your host, Mariana Sierra, Outreach Coordinator for the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center, a program of United Way of El Paso County. We are dedicated to serve those who were impacted directly or indirectly by August 3rd. Join us on the journey to long-term recovery as we have honest conversations with local leaders, mental health specialists, and fellow El Pasoans who share their stories and expertise. We feature topics that influence and impact the vitality and resilience of our community. We are El Paso United, and together we heal. Juntos sanamos. listener, before we begin, a note of warning. The topic we're about to explore contains a mention of the mass casualty event and a description of the events that unfolded thereafter. This episode may not be suitable for everyone. Hello everyone, welcome back to United and Resilient. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our last episode, we introduced one of the non-traditional therapies that we provide through our FRC. We discuss what non-traditional therapies are and how beneficial they can be to an individual's journey to long-term recovery. As we mentioned before, at the FRC, we believe that non-traditional therapy can support and boost the positive effects of traditional therapy. In this episode, we continue this discussion, but now we highlight Compadres Therapy. Compadres Therapy is a local nonprofit that offers custom-built equine-assisted activities and therapy services in our region. Throughout this episode, we'll discuss what equine-assisted activities and therapies are and how it can benefit an individual's healing journey. We will also talk about why equine-assisted activities and therapies can be considered a non-traditional therapy and how it can boost our mental health. Joining me today, we have Joy Ferguson. Joy, welcome to United and Resilient. We're so happy to have you here. Hi, my name is Joy Ferguson, and I am the Executive Director of Compadres Therapy. So, Joy, could you tell me a little bit about the history and the background of Compadres Therapy? Well, first of all, thank you so much uh, for sharing this and having um, us have the opportunity to be able to share this with the community. So, um, Compadres Therapy uh, is in its 11th year in the El Paso region, and um, our primary services are threefold. Um, We offer um, therapies that uh, uh, are facilitated by occupational speech or physical therapist, and uh, we refer to that as equine facilitated movement or hippotherapy. Uh, We also offer equine facilitated learning, and that's uh, facilitated by a a therapeutic riding instructor who is certified. And then our third area of service is equine assisted psychotherapy, and that's facilitated by a mental health professional, a licensed mental health professional like a, a licensed professional counselor. So those are our services, and uh, but most of all, all of those services offer everyone the opportunity to work with uh, the horses, and that's um, that's just fantastic because the horses have so much to offer. 
Yes. And actually our team, um, I believe it was in August or early August, we went to your site and it was just a wonderful experience. Once you get there, you just can feel that energy of peace and calm. You don't know what to expect, but you're excited, right? So, so for someone who is listening and they're trying to um, learn about what equine-assisted activities and therapies are, how would you define this service? Well, you know, it's interesting because the horses can offer us so much uh, in the way of learning. And um, if we just even sit back and observe how they interact with each other, how they communicate um, non-verbally with each other, um, how they develop relationships, um, and uh, really you know, we can observe their kindness and compassion as well with each other. So, um, you know, we have the opportunity to work with the horses hands-on, either by working with them on the ground, uh, one-on-one or in groups. And then also if, um, you know, we do opportunity to ride the horses um, as well. So those, those are some of our you know, areas, but most of all, it's a real focus on learning um, what the horses are about and what they can teach us. Joey, in preparation for this interview, I was um, looking information and trying to get myself very soaked into what um, this therapy is all about. And I was listening to a guy saying that horses are very emotional animals. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's interesting because if you we we kind of focus or bring out the idea of um, you know the horses are herd animals, their survival depends on um, each other in their herd, and each uh, herd member has a specific role um, to contribute. So uh, you know they communicate nonverbally, and um, you know they. They could um, offer, uh, you know, when we observe them, we can see things like, um, you know, how each other, how each relies on each other and develops trust and respect with each other. And, and like I mentioned, you know, kindness and compassion. So, yeah, we can see all those types of, of things with the, with the herd. Right. And I was listening, like I said, I was in preparation and I was listening to to this guy talk about how they're very emotional and that's how they can connect to us. And that's why there's that opportunity for us to 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 work on our emotions through through equine assisted. Yes. Yes. Very, very, uh, very great observation as well. And like I said in the beginning, um, the FRC or FRC staff was privileged enough to attend to one of your sessions. And I remember that one of the first things that we did was you asked us to observe the horses and you told us like, like a little bit about their personality, right? Like if we noticed anything. So can you talk a little bit about the process, especially because I want people who are listening to know what to expect when they, when they go to, so what are the expectations when you go to uh, equine assisted activities and therapies? 
Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, so that's one of the things that we try to focus on is first we we observe. And um, the, the thing about making observations about the horses, but it relates back to each other. And um, when we sit back and make observations, we're able to keep ourselves safe um, in our environment. And so that's really important. And then, and then we'll get to know, it's just like when you're being introduced to somebody, you know, first of all, you see them from maybe far away and then, and then you might, you know, well, we used to be able to shake hands, (laughs) Um, but, but we make that contact in some form and that establishes some communication. And so that, then we're able to make contact with the horses and then we're able to really develop some trust and respect, just like we would in any of our relationships. But the thing about the horses that's unique because they're so um, in tune with the herd is that they're very transparent. Um, So, um, and they're very honest. So, um, uh, if we are not congruent with our emotions and what it is that we're saying, Mm-hmm. Um, then, then they know, uh, you know, and and so what what they give back to us is kind of a reflection on on what we're feeling. Awesome, so, yeah, awesome. And um, so, like I said in the beginning, we are at the FRC, and we talked about this a couple of times. Now, we provide different non-traditional therapies through our centers. So um, my next question to you, Joy, would be, why can we consider equine-assisted activities and therapies as a non-traditional therapy? Oh, yes. And and we're so uh, grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve the community uh, in this way uh, in partnership with the FRC. you know, and like I mentioned, um, the horses can teach us so much about keeping ourselves safe, um, about um, establishing or continuing to develop our relationships with our family, with friends, with others in the community. Um, they can teach us so much about resiliency as well, um, and uh, and being able to. Uh, trust um, and know yourself to be able to, um, you know, go out into the community and and be confident in in your observations and your relationships and the things that you want to uh, build or rebuild within yourself or within the community. And that's what the horses can teach us. Awesome. And we at the FRC, I love what you said that they can teach us a lot about resiliency and about ourselves. So that's how we see non-traditional therapy at the FRC. And I know I mentioned this a couple of times in past episodes, but I will mention it as many times as needed because I think that non-traditional therapy is a great segue to traditional therapy, right? In this case, you're there with the horses seeing yourself and learning about yourself and you can notice a few things that you're like, okay, maybe I need to work on this or maybe I need to talk about uh, this with someone, right? So it's a great segue to traditional therapy and it could definitely support traditional therapy. That's what we believe, right? Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, we do offer services with a mental health counselor, you know, through the equine uh, facilitated psychotherapy and um, exactly what you're saying. When when the the um, licensed counselor works with the individual with the horses, um, you know 
folks are able to uh, have that self-discovery guided by the mental health counselor, but the horses are able to really uh, teach that individual, you know, how to respond, how to communicate and all about self-discovery. So it is within that person to be able to discover and it's only guided uh, by the uh, licensed counselor. So yes, you're absolutely right. And it's exciting to see. um, And it's just um, so wonderful to see uh, when, when folks are able to make those uh, self-discoveries. Of course. When when I went, I think the most eye-opening experience for me, it was when I was brushing the horse. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that but later on in the episode. But that was just so wonderful. Like, I didn't know what I was going to feel by brushing a horse, you know, like, and I, it was like a self-discovery journey. And it, I remember I took a second. I was like, wait, what am I feeling? Like, what is this? Like, I didn't, I was not, I was there like... <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. So (laughs) now can we go a little bit about who can benefit from equine assisted activities and therapies? Sure. Um, Because our services offer, you know, we, we have kind of a broad range of services within that umbrella, you know, we're, we're able to reach the community members that have special needs and children and adults. Our youngest um, child that we can accommodate is uh, 18 months old. And our oldest uh, individual that we've served is a lady who is in her 99th year. Wow. Uh, Right. So, you know, that's the thing about the horses is that people are able to connect with the horses at any age. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're able to, to help those individuals in the community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joy. And the the work that you guys do is truly amazing, honestly. And I'm so happy that our audience is, is able to learn a little bit about uh, what you guys do. Now, I know I, I got a little bit ahead of myself in, in, in the past, but how does it work? What are the methods at, um, that you guys use and how do you approach whenever someone is new and it's like it's making the call and, and it's asking you, hey, I'm interested. What can they expect and what is the initial process? Oh, thanks for asking. Yes. And, and you know, I, I think some people might have some reservations. Maybe maybe they have an interest or a desire to uh, participate. But like you said earlier, maybe they don't know what to expect. Um, and, and it is. Horses are large animals. And, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they weigh a thousand pounds or more. And we have a horse um, who... Uh, weighs, you know, uh, upwards of 1,800 pounds. Um, So that's where we feel that the introductions and the observations are so important. And when we are able to make those observations, then we're able to keep ourselves safe. Mm -hmm. And then if we feel safe in that environment, even with um, a thousand pound animal, we're able to uh, work on uh, building those relationships with the horses. And our horses, we have a a herd of about 14 and uh, they all have individual characteristics as you yes. came to find out <laughs> and uh, you know some of them their personalities are so unique and uh, different so when we start establishing those connections and through the like you said the grooming and the and the brushing uh, the horses you know that's making a connection that's communicating mm-hmm. um, it's also you know goes back to taking care of 
another individual, that responsibility, but then also going back and looking back at ourselves and what do we do for self-care? You know, uh, we're offering our kindness to brush the horses, but it goes back to what, how can we be kind to ourselves as well? So those are some questions, you know, that we kind of bring out and, you know, mostly we focus on the horses and building those relationships and learning about the horses and horsemanship and things like that. But when when it gets into the therapy part, either with the hippotherapy or with the uh, psychotherapy, um, those are some things that the therapists are able to explore with the individual. And I'm glad you're mentioning hypotherapy and the different services. Can you talk a little bit about what are the difference between these uh, services that you provide through Compadres Therapy? Oh, sure. So the hypotherapy or the equine facilitated movement is the it's when the occupational therapist or physical therapist or speech therapist utilize the horse's movement to they use that as one of their treatment tools to help the individual uh, reach their goals. So, for instance, if a person perhaps has had a stroke and is learning how to walk again, they're able to get on the horse and the horse influences then the rider and moves the rider in the same way a person walks. So the horse's um, movement at a walk really simulates a person's walking movement in their pelvis. It's the exact same movement. So, oh, wow. um, and so the person is able to retrieve that muscle memory and then uh, cognitively they're able to have the connections with the left brain, right brain in that movement. So uh, the hypotherapy, we best describe it as where the horse influences the rider, Mm. uh, which should be different in learning how to ride, where the rider then is really influencing the horse in learning how to turn the horse, stop the horse, make the horse go, you know, those kinds of things. So that's more what we do in the equine facilitated learning portion um, and that's with a therapeutic riding instructor so the the then the rider is influencing the horse and making those connections yeah again the connections right because it's not only an emotional connection it, it can also be a physical connection correct absolutely that's yes. so interesting that's right. interesting so it's the physical as well as the emotion emotional and that's what leads to this um, unique human animal bond this is united and resilient we'll be right back I'm Stephanie Parr. I'm the former director of One Fund El Paso. And I'm so glad to have this opportunity to share with you some of my thoughts and sentiments about August 3rd. I'm sure all El Pasoans and many other people across the nation will remember what they were doing on that particular day. For me, uh, my husband and I were driving out US 54 on our way to the Lowe's store, doing what lots of folks do on a Saturday morning, is getting supplies for the typical weekend at home projects. So as we were driving out 54, there was a law enforcement vehicle that came speeding down, going in the opposite direction, lights on. And we thought, well, that's kind of unusual because it clearly wasn't pursuing a speeder. So we didn't think too much about it. And then within 30 seconds, there was another law enforcement 
the vehicle with sirens headed in that same direction. So at that point, my husband said, there must be something going on the other side of town for there to be two vehicles going that fast with their lights on in, in that direction. So in about another minute or so, and before we reached Lowe's, my phone rang and a good friend of mine was in Las Cruces and called and said, hey, what's going on in El Paso? And I said, what do you mean? We're just on our way to Lowe's. And she said, my niece just called me from Austin and she said there's an active shooter out at Cielo Vista. We pull into the parking lot at Lowe's and proceed into the store and immediately knew that something major was happening. Uh, People's phones were going off. You could overhear conversations. The store essentially was at a standstill with people just quietly talking either to each other or um, to someone on the phone asking what's going on, what's happening. And so piecing those bits and pieces of conversation together became clear that there was a shooting going on. So my immediate reaction, like many of us in El Paso, was disbelief that this was happening in our community. It always happened somewhere else. And we've all said that a million times. So how, how could this be happening here? So that afternoon, like hundreds of El Pasoans and people from across the nation, I made a donation to the Victim Relief Fund that had been set up by the El Paso Community Foundation. Simultaneously to that, there had been another Victim Relief Fund set up by the Paso del Norte Foundation as well. And so donations were already pouring in to to both of those foundations. I happened through my lifetime of work here in El Paso to know both of the executive directors of those foundations. And so they both reached out to me, one on Sunday and one on Monday, to ask if I could play a part in establishing one fund, El Paso, so that we could unite those two funds and have a coordinated effort to collect donations as well as a very systematic, fair way to spread those donations to those individuals most impacted. And so I was honored to have a very meaningful part in helping victims to recover through the distribution of donated funds. My greatest takeaway is the incredible resiliency of families in our community and the amazing amount of generosity that our community poured out to survivors and again not only folks in our community but folks from across the nation and across the world with generous donations and sentiments and prayers and blessings and anything they could think of to do to help us move forward and heal. As, as you mentioned, it's a lot of observation when people initially go to Compadres Therapy. So um, what can people expect once they're registered? What are the first steps? Oh, right. So then we uh, begin to get to know the horses in the safe environment. And then we progress uh, depending on what the goals are for each individual or the group and uh, whether or not it's uh, working more without riding on the ground or eventually uh, we may learn 
to be able to get on the horse and, like I said, then start to work with the horse and communicating with the horse to be able to ask the horse to walk or turn or stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all developing that relationship first with the horse yeah. so that we have that communication. And then then it, they're working together as a team. Mm-hmm. I so love it's, that. It's just like in the Olympic sports, if you watch the horse uh, jumping and, and all, it, the athletes are both the human and the horse. Yes, of it's course. Team, right? Yes, of so course. This is, uh, this is what we're looking at when we're um, working with individuals or groups. Um, I love that. Yeah, with compadres therapy. Uh-huh. I love that. And I think, well, you're the expert, you tell me, but part of mm-hmm. this team is also the equine therapist, correct? The 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 person who's there to facilitate and, and guide the person who, who's there with the horse. So my next question to you, Joy, would be, who are equine therapists and how does one become an equine therapist? <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a, yes. Um, and, and people often refer to, uh, to that, but really there's no such thing as an equine therapist. Um, oh, so, okay. yeah, so, and this is a really good distinction. So I'm glad you brought this up because, um, because the a therapist who work with the horses and the individuals mm-hmm. can be, like I said, occupational therapist, speech therapist, physical therapist, who utilize the movement of the horse as part of their treatment goals for that individual. Wow. Um, And the other therapist, which would be the mental health uh, therapist, would be a licensed professional counselor, a psychologist, a social worker. And those individuals then work with the individual or groups with the horse. Um, But they are the therapist in and of their profession. Um, But they work with the horses as, um, if you will, the treatment modalities. Yes. Okay. And then um, the equine facilitated learning is not therapy. The therapy is not provided. It's uh, actually learning more horsemanship skills from a certified therapeutic riding instructor. Oh, so, okay. So out of the skills that are learned, people receive therapeutic benefits, but the focus is not providing therapy in that in that, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. of course. No, okay. and, and this is so, why I wanted to ask this question because we're here to learn, right? That <laughs> was perfect. Uh, that was a great uh, question. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. How does a horse become? Like, are those horses trained to specifically give the services or like, how do you get those four beautiful 14 horses that you have? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because, um, you know, we are so grateful and pleased with the horses that uh, have come to us to work with us. And um, some of our horses are donated. Uh, We are a nonprofit. um, So some of our horses are donated. Um, Some of our horses are loaned uh, to the program by individuals in the community or elsewhere. But uh, you're right. uh, These horses are very, very special. And um, uh, so we look for a horse that's well-educated. Okay. And, um, you know, because then we know that they have the education to go along with uh, being able to work with people in the community. Uh, We look for horses that 
provide good quality of movement. In other words, um, they have to not be lame. And uh, because as we talked about earlier with the hippotherapy, the progress of the individual is relies on the uh, movement of the horse. And if the movement is not quality movement, then that person's not going to get that, um, that symmetrical movement that's needed. So we look for horses that have also that have their personalities are they're able to work with people. Some horses, uh, just like with people, they may not enjoy this job. You know, we've had some horses that uh, are the right size, uh, the right temperament. They have wonderful education, but you know, they really didn't enjoy working with all these people. And so when we were able to place them in a, in maybe a one person home, they were so much happier. You know, it's just yeah. like we, we all want to be happy in our jobs. And uh, so they did the work. That was fine. But, you know, uh, we, we want them to be able to, to enjoy their jobs. So, uh, so those those are the characteristics that we would look for. We, we do consider size as well and confirmation, but we have uh, horses of all sizes, as you saw at, yes. the, at the stables and, and all different breeds. We have uh, mm. quite a variety of the different breeds. What is it so special about horses that make them the perfect animal to provide this service to people? Because I know there's social something, well, I don't want to say similar because I'm sure there's a lot of difference, but you also have a dog provide the service dogs, the or, service the, dogs right, there, right. or the therapy dogs right? or the therapy dogs. So uh-huh. what makes the horses so special to provide this services? Right. I'm glad you asked that because um, as we mentioned before, the horses are, are herd animals and they also are prey animals. They have their eyes set on the side of their head so they actually can see more peripherally and so their senses are more honed in to survival uh, because they're hunted by mountain lions and, and wolves out in the wild. So they have to be able to protect themselves in the herd and uh, rely on their senses as well as their verbal and nonverbal communication uh, with each other in the herd. So those are all things that we can learn from the horses. You know, their observations, their reliance on each other, developing those relationships within the herd, as well as their verbal and nonverbal communication. So that's different than the dogs because the dogs then are predators. Okay. And so they have a different dynamic then, and, and they offer to us uh, a different dynamic um, okay. than the horses do. Awesome. Uh-huh. And, and now... Um, for people who are listening and they're like, well, this is very interesting. Maybe this is something that I can do. How do I know that equine assisted activities and therapies is the right choice for me? How do I know that it would be something that I can benefit from? You know, that's, um, you're coming up with some great questions. (laughs) So, um, as much as we love working the horse with the horses and we think that human animal bond is so special and can help in the healing process as well as, um, developing resiliency, you know, this, um, this environment is not for everybody. You know, maybe there's some fears that uh, are somebody, you know, is really working on. I would encourage everybody to come out and we can, yeah. uh, you know, we can, we can work with, with all that. But um, also from a physical, 
standpoint, we do require that the individuals who participate in the hippotherapy with mm-hmm. the occupational speech or uh, physical therapist um, have a doctor's uh, referral okay. and to make sure that there, there are some contraindications to being on the horse in specific circumstances. And so mm-hmm. we, we uh, want to make sure that that individual can tolerate the horse's movement and be safe doing it. So, okay. uh, so there are some criteria that we can discuss with individuals. Um, okay. But as far as uh, just being a little apprehensive and knowing that they're big animals, you know, that's something that we can sure uh, work with. And uh, like I said, you know, provide a self-discovery in a, in a safe environment. Because I think that's very common, right? Um, oh, yes. People, oh, people yes. might feel anxious or scared because it's such a beautiful right. and big animal. And you're like, right. ah. And people may not be as familiar with horses. So I think right. it's very common for people to feel Right. <laughs> but, but how did it make you feel when you were able to get up close and personal with your horse, that thousand pound animal, and do that grooming on the horse? Wonderful. And, you know, uh, just that confidence, um, you know, that self-esteem that comes yeah. out of, oh my goodness, I'm with a huge animal here and yeah. I can keep myself safe and, yeah. um, and be, you know, feel good about that. When I got there, I was like, whoa, they're huge. Like, uh, <laughs> and um, when I was little, I used to ride horses, but I was really little, so I don't remember much of it. But then as I got close to the horse, it was a moment of, we mentioned it before, of connection. And I was present in the moment, and I was just acknowledging, you know, this this being, like, he, it was alive and it was real and it was there with me and we have we were having this connection and it was just beautiful and I saw the horse as a it was not as scary once I got close to the horse that I was working with and it was just a beautiful beautiful experience so yeah like you said if if you're feeling scared or anxious like I would definitely encourage because you guys are awesome at that like helping a person who who might feel apprehensive at, at the beginning Oh, thank you for sharing your experience. No, that's great to hear. Uh (laughs) No, it was a wonderful experience. It was, uh, um, I was, I was thinking I'm so blessed that I'm able to, to work with these horses. So now um, my next question would be, what are the, what are some of the most common misconceptions regarding equine assisted activities and therapies? Ah, well, I think the first one is just what we talked about yeah. is, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, uh, they're so big and, and how am I going to be safe and, and uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but once, you know, we go through the process and we get to know the horses, uh, we understand that. Uh, the other thing is that, um, and unlike where maybe people go and, you know, we, it's not all about the riding of mm-hmm. the horses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the relationships yeah. that we establish and build. So, and part of it may include riding the horse, but like we mentioned earlier, it's a team. You know, there's a lot of teamwork that we can work on, especially with groups too uh, and individuals, but it's developing that relationship and that team. So it's not all about the riding. So I think that's a lot of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, maybe people are expecting just to go out and just hop on a horse and away you go. 
but that's not. It's about the relationships and developing that human-animal bond. I love that. <laughs> I really do. Now, Joy, right now we're going through a lot. So I want to talk a little bit about how equine-assisted activities and therapies can reduce anxiety, depression, or other emotions. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, this is such a hard time for everybody. But you know, um, there's something to be said for getting in out into the outdoors, to getting into an environment that's peaceful, to getting into an environment that establishes those connections or reconnections with ourselves and with others. And that's what we see the horses uh, are able to do. And all of that builds resiliency, kind of establishes a path for us to be able to move forward, mm-hmm. even with all the trauma in our lives. The other thing is that um, when we work with the horses and groom on a horse and um, like, like you experience, we're taking responsibility yeah. for the welfare of somebody else. Yeah. And oftentimes that helps us get out of what's going on with us to be able to help somebody else. And awesome. uh, so there's a lot of value in being able to help somebody else. Awesome. And now how can a service like equine assisted activities and therapies can help individuals who were impacted directly or indirectly by a tragic event like August 3rd? Right. And um, so what we've seen, again, I I always go back to the horse where uh, we really look at the model of the horse herd and being able to to keep ourselves safe, you know, and know that we can make those observations about being able to stay safe. Uh, Again, developing uh, positive relationships, Uh um, developing that trust and respect and and knowing uh, when to move forward confidently. You know, like like you experienced, this is a thousand pound animal. And if we're able to move forward confidently with uh, increased self-esteem, then uh, that helps us with the resiliency. Of course. And I love that because we are the Family Resiliency Center, right? So right. trying right. to to um, learn and guide and really um, go hand by hand to learn how to build resiliency. So I love that you guys are providing that to our community. Now, how can I participate? Now that I've listened to this podcast and I'm seeing social media, how can I participate? What does the curriculum look like? And how does the end and follow-up of uh, equine-assisted activities therapy look like? Right. So um, we ask that uh, folks, uh, you know, if uh, they come through the Family Resiliency Center to be referred to us. Um, and uh, we've seen that if folks could commit to about a four-week um, program, I think uh, we've discovered that that's a pretty good timeline to be able to cover all of these things that we talked about. So whether it's an individual uh, participating or a family or group, um, then we can definitely work on uh, those things within the four weeks. Also, if somebody is seeking individual counseling services with our health professional, we will take as long as they need. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joy, for this wonderful interview. I learned so much and I know our audience learned so much. So my last question, and I love to ask, like our audience already knows by now, but I love to ask, um, what would be a message of hope you would like to give to our community? 
You know, I think um, just staying positive. Um, our community is unique in so many ways, and it's just a wonderful place to be. And um, I think just appreciating each other and appreciating um, the relationships that we build, whether it's among our family, community members, or with our animals in our lives. Um, I think uh, just appreciating each other, especially now in these in these times. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here at United and Resilient. We learned a lot and truly Compadres Therapy is a wonderful place. Once like for people who, who already been there, they know, but for people who might be interested in learning more about what Compadres Therapy, it's a, it's a place of peace and it's just a little gem hidden in our community and it's wonderful. So I'm so thankful that our, our FRC can collaborate with you guys. Thank you, Mariana. We really appreciate you having us. Um, we are so grateful and honored to be a part of the uh, FRC um, as a provider. And um, we just uh, look forward to meeting more community members that uh, would like to come out and work with our horses and um, enjoy themselves and learn a little bit more about themselves. And we welcome the community members. Thank you so much for having us on today. Thank Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this content serves you and your loved ones as well. If you enjoyed our podcast, please do not forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at El Paso United FRC. To learn more about our commitment to the community's long-term recovery, please join us on the next episode.